Today's podcast is brought to you by LootCrate.com. Save 10% on any new subscription at TryLootCrate.com slash PictureLock. Enter promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. What's going on, everybody? It's Picture Lock on WERA LP Arlington 96.7 FM. Welcome to another episode of the world-famous award-winning show. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, filmmaker, film festival director, film critic, film publicist, and lover of film and TV. You can find all the back episodes and so much more at PictureLockShow.com. On last week's show, I made a soft announcement about my new online course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker. I'm happy to say it's up and running. You can head over to PRForTheIndieFilmmaker.com to find out more about it and take the free trial. For the podcast listeners, you'll hear the promo later in this show. But in a nutshell, guys, you know, since I started Picture Lock as a blog back in 2013, my main objective has always been to talk film and highlight indie filmmakers because I feel like that's where the greatest voices and best stories are told. So this course takes everything I know in my different roles in the industry and gives you a way to engage an audience and market your film like the pros. So head over to PRForTheIndieFilmmaker.com for more information and a free trial. This week on the show, I have producer, director, writer, actor Jamie Burton Orr on to talk about her new film, Soulful Steps, which covers one couple's love for soul line dancing, which led them to create Cali Jam, the biggest soul line dancing convention on the West Coast. If you live in the DMV area, you can check out this film this Sunday, July 1st at AFI Silver in Silver Spring, Maryland. I also talk with Daria Zook co-writer, director of Crystal Swan. The film is set in 1996 and covers one young woman's journey to be a professional DJ in the United States, despite being derailed by a typo in a forged U.S. visa that sends her to a backwater small town. For my international listeners, you can see the film this weekend at the Karlovy Vary International Film Festival in the Czech Republic. I hope I said that correct. Uh, if not, please correct me. Uh, but you can check it out this weekend. And that's a pretty prestigious festival. So definitely want to check out the film. Finally, I have the writer, director, producer, Galia Barkol of the film Mia, which she starred in. We talk about how life in Israel prompted her to write, direct, and star in the film. If that wasn't enough, I'm going to also share my thoughts on the new The Predator trailer, and I've got your question of the week responses. That's all ahead on Picture Lock. Hey guys, this is uh, writer-director of The Heartbreak Factory, Shelley Yo, and you're listening to Picture Lock. It's Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, and in the documentary Soulful Steps, James and Jackie Rice take us on a journey of how they fell in love with soul line dancing. Through its history to the, their creation of Cali Jam, the first and biggest soul line dancing convention on the West Coast, the film sheds light on the dance style's history, evolution, and trajectory through the lens of the husband and wife team 
whose dance serves as the foundation of their romance. I have writer, director, producer Jamie Burton Orr on the line with me. Jamie, welcome to Picture Lock. Thank you for having me, Kevin. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> it's my pleasure. <laughs> Jamie, the first question I always start out with, when did you first fall in love with film? Uh, well, I think my earliest memory of actually feeling like in, in captured, uh, enraptured, I should say, by film is this channel that some people may or may not remember called Channel 100. It was like the first cable channel that I recall in my childhood, and they would play this film, uh, California Suite, and I would watch it over and over and over again. I probably shouldn't have been watching it at, you know, such a young age, but <laughs> I was. <laughs> right. And it just... The ability of the film to take me out of my scenario and put me in another world was just, you know, mind-blowing. So, um, yeah, I, I just loved watching movies and being transferred into another situation and feeling like I was in that situation. I loved it. Yeah, most definitely. Shout out to Channel 100. I do not know anything about that, but <laughs> I, 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 I will definitely have to do my research because, you know, sometimes like I remember the first time somebody told me about how um, at midnight, like TV would go off or they would play the national anthem and then it would cut to like white noise. Um, yeah. So Channel 100, I have to look that up. But that's a that's a great story. Um, Jamie, if you could, just give us a little history lesson. Um, how did you get into in the industry? So from, you know, being that girl that was watching Channel 100 to now, you know, with your documentary, Soulful Steps. So the, my first intro was being in a play uh, in the fifth grade um, called Mini Moons. And I had played an understudy, and I thought, you know, I was better than the other guy. But... <laughs> But I fell in love with theater, and then, you know, I ultimately pursued theater um, towards the end of my college career uh, because I was at Howard University, shout out to HU, um, <laughs> on a, yes, on a scholarship for a business, and so I couldn't, you know, I couldn't take theater classes until I was, you know, done with most of my major classes, and then from there I moved to New York City it was it was a wrap. I knew what I was going to do. People thought I was crazy because, you know, I was really good in school and, you know, I didn't interview for any major companies. I just was like, I'm going to New York City and study theater and waitress. And so I did that. Um, actually ended up being blessed and working for GM and they sent me to New York. Uh, and so I did that. I worked for about a year and a half. Simultaneously, I was going to theater classes. And then I quit my job and pursued it full time. And uh, what, what year was it about? Well, I did this film called A More Infinity. I was in a film by Jerry Lamoth. And uh, I didn't know at the time what I was actually doing, but I, I helped produce the movie. I'm not credited as such because I had no idea. Uh, Jerry didn't have a full idea what he was doing either, but he produced the movie. It's his his child. He directed the movie and wrote the movie, and I helped him. And help meant everything from casting to editing, to the the writing to 
you know, the whole nine yards, helped finding key players. And so after that experience, I realized that I was capable of making a film. And so I did that. <laughs> I was in L.A. at that point, and I actually made a feature film called Doing the L.A. Thing. Um, it actually went on and won a couple of awards, one at Martha's Vineyard, which uh, HBO sponsored, and they picked my film as the best feature. Um, but for me, and that process, I decided I needed to know more. I could see all the mistakes in my film. and So I went to film school. I went to uh, uh, L.A. City College, and while I was working, I, you know, and acting, I simultaneously took night classes and just kept going until I completed a film certificate there. And then I didn't want to finish school. I'm a bit of a nerd. So I decided to pick my weakest link, which was writing, screenwriting. And I uh, applied for Cal State Northridge uh, for a master's program. And I got in there and finished that. Um, in 2014, and my goal really in that was, of course, to become a stronger writer, but also to complete projects. You know, school helps me to, you know, uh, follow through on things, and so I was able to get a lot of work done while I was in school, and then I came out and, and started making film. Actually, I was making uh, Soulful Steps while I was finishing uh, graduate school, but I decided to go ahead and you know, start all my projects one at a time. And that brought us, brings us to Soulful Steps. <laughs> it's Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson. I'm talking with the writer, director, producer of Soulful Steps, Jamie Burton. Or, um, Jamie, one of the things that, as I, I'm hearing you talk, it, it's obviously been a, a journey um, to get. Uh, to this point, but it's it definitely self-aware. I love the fact that you realize, hey, I need a little more tutelage. Went back to school. And um, now, folks, if you're listening uh, in the DMV area, you have the opportunity to see the premiere of Soulful Steps in D.C. on July 1st this weekend. Jamie, if you could, like in your own words, uh, what's the documentary about and what inspired you to uh, create it? Okay, so the documentary is about uh, soul line dancing and its uh, history all the way to the point that it's at right now, which is a really huge growing phenomenon of dance in America and across the world, actually, um, that's rooted in the African-American community. Um, and it's told through the lens of James and Jackie Rice, this amazing uh, couple, uh, married couple that teach soul line dancing, they are, in fact, um, uh, one of the premier line dance instructing uh, teams in the United States. And they literally, they just got back from uh, uh, Jamaica, and I, I can't keep up with them. They go somewhere every weekend, either participating in line dance conferences, uh, instructing, and they teach on a regular basis here in Los Angeles, Um what happened to me is I'm from Flint, Michigan, and we grew up with this dance style, you know, we call it the hustle. And a lot of people around the world would call it one version of it, the electric slide. But there's thousands of these dances. And in L.A., you know, I went to a party and started, actually someone from the DMV uh, had a party, and we were dancing at her place doing a line dance. 
And I thought, oh, this would be a great way to exercise if I can get back into this. Um, but I didn't know that they had this out here in the West Coast. So I started looking for it, and I would, I was looking up hustle classes. Um, and I ended up finding something called soul line dancing. And I decided, okay, let me go. It was at a church, so I was thinking, I don't know if this is what I want. So I go to the church, and, you know, in their theater, they were doing line dancing, and it was what I was looking for. I was extremely happy. They had a beginner's, advanced, intermediate class. And the biggest thing that, uh, you know, impressed upon me in this class was the couple teaching it. They had this amazing energy. They were phenomenal. And after, it it was about the third class when I felt, you know, God inspired and hit by the idea to document this. And I thought about it, and I didn't think anyone had ever done it before, so I approached them. Uh, they were very much open to it, and we talked about a plan, and I started shooting, um, and that's that's what happened. <laughs> I was inspired. Yeah. yeah, and you know sometimes that's kind of how it is um, in terms of our filmmaking. <laughs> you just get inspired by an idea, or like you said, you just kind of felt. Uh, I think you probably felt the energy uh, in the room and, you know, just, they seem like passionate, uh, coaches as well. Um, but if you can, yeah. I gotta, I gotta run this back for a second. You say you grew up in Flint. Um, that's where my people are from. Uh, what? Mount Morris. Yeah. Uh, that's where what? my grandma, that's where my grandma stays. So, so yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, like, I'm not sure if you know, Kim Hollis, uh, Charlotte Sampson, I could throw out a bunch of names, but anyways, that that's family. Ooh. That's family. So that, that's crazy. Um, that connection is no. awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I I have family in Beecher in Mount Morris. <laughs> yeah, that's where my um, mom went to school, Beecher High or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's it. My my grandfather. Uh, you know, that's I was in Beecher, which is like five minutes away from you know where I grew up in Flint. Uh, every every week because my grandfather was based there and then my aunt is there now. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. We have to talk. We have to talk. (laughs) Exactly. It's Picture Lock. We're making connections here today. I'm talking with the writer, director, producer of Soulful Steps, Jamie Burton Orr. Um, Jamie, unfortunately, we're going to have to kind of wrap things out here. Um, But if you could, what do you hope that audiences take away from seeing this documentary? I hope that the audience finds the appreciation for another aspect of African-American culture that is available to everyone of dance and using something that's good for your body, um, but also for your mind and your soul and that it can, you know, uplift and, and help you out in terms of your health and just another tool in terms of living this life. Um, it's not just in film to me, it's an experience. And for James and Jackie, it's a movement. Uh, and they focus just as much on health and wellness uh, and spirit as they do on dance. So I hope that, you know, you can get a taste of it and get excited about it and want to participate in it and find another outlet for, for you and your family uh, to enjoy. Awesome. And how can people follow you on social media, find out more about the film online? Thank you. So on Facebook, we have a page. Uh, it's called Soulful Steps. 
a soul line dance journey with J and J. Um, and, uh, also you can stay, uh, you can always go on Twitter and follow me, Jamie Burton, or, um, there will be more, uh, social media links coming, but for now, those are the two main ways to stay abreast of what's going on. Uh, again, that's Soulful Steps, a soul line dance journey with J and J on uh, Facebook. And for the DC folks that are listening, where can they see this premiere this weekend? Uh, on July 1st at 3.30 p.m. at the AFI Theater in Silver Springs, Maryland. You can see Soulful Steps. It's a part of a festival, uh, an inaugural festival called The Color of Conversation. And it's put on by the same uh, creators of the Martha's Vineyard African American Film Festival, which we'll also be at in August this year. Awesome. Lloyd and Stephanie Rant. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Writer, director, producer of Soulful Steps, Jamie Burton Orr, thanks so much for coming on Picture Lock. Thanks for having me. It was exciting. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy you're from my hometown, too, your people. <laughs> <laughs> Picture Lock. Predators just don't sit around making hats out of rib cages. They conquered space. But that's not what's on the horizon. Should I be worried? Riley. I think you know what is on the ship. <laughs> the ultimate predators. Light him up! We may die. We're still here. So come and get us, mother. All right, guys, so I wanted to talk about the Predator trailer that just came out this week. And I have to say, as you all probably know from the past, when I, the teaser first came out, at least on social media, I did not enjoy it. I was like, okay, it looked a little bit Steven Spielberg-esque, but it really didn't tell me anything uh, new or anything that, you know, I wouldn't expect to have seen. Uh, this trailer, I have to say, I actually really enjoyed it. You expect to see a, a few things from uh, a film like The Predator in, in the trailer. You expect to see a band of, you know, mercenaries, which we got, you know, action-packed, bullets flying, all that good stuff. You expect to have some, you know, mercenary banter. <laughs> and Keegan-Michael Key provided that laugh-out-loud line uh, with the E for everyone joke. Um, I definitely was just cracking up because it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere, but it was the fact that, you know, you just got this comedian who delivers his line and it just sets you up to, to, to really laugh. 
What I wasn't expecting to see is a predator get snatched through the wall like a baby doll from an even larger predator, okay? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I really, I guess when I saw the trailer, I didn't really know what this film was about. Maybe people already knew that it was about this ultimate predator. Uh, but for me personally, when I saw that, you know, when the predator that you fear actually fears something bigger, it, may, it raises the stakes, right? And you could just see, it's almost like, uh, you know, and I hate to bring it up, but like in Jurassic Park, whenever like a T-Rex comes and just grabs a raptor and uh, just that moment that you, you kind of, oh, snap. That's exactly how I felt in regard to seeing this trailer. Um, so I'm really interested if you really kind of slow-mo kind of look at the trailer, it almost looks like this ultimate predator um, is like was human and then it, you can see like there's this person that's on um, it looks like a medical table and then suddenly like the arm starts to grow and all that kind of stuff and then we see this uh, ultimate predator put on the helmet so it seems as though maybe we went up into space and this time we morphed into something bigger I don't know but I do think that this trailer does what it's supposed to do it's supposed to show you something that you haven't seen and it's supposed to get you interested and start talking about it and excited about seeing it. And it check the boxes on all of those. So for The Predator, I am definitely uh, giving it a thumbs up. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing another trailer and seeing this film in theaters. You know, growing up, like, the, you know, the original Predator with Arnold, like that was one of those movies for guys who like movies. And, you know, I remember watching that with my dad and my brother. And, you know, when Predator films come out, generally, uh, yeah, I'm not the most excited about it, uh, <laughs> but I'll definitely check it out on nostalgia. Um, and I think that this one is going to be good for for the new generation and for us old heads that are going to check it out. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on the Predator trailer. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are. Hit me up on social media or, you know, send me an email, picturelockshow at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Let's take a quick break for promos. Stay tuned. What if you could have a film critic film festival director, film publicist, and fellow filmmaker guide you with your film's PR and marketing journey from pre-production to post. I'm Kevin Sampson, and my online course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker, does just that. In this course, I'm going to teach you how to set up your film to engage an audience and build a community long before you call action. I'll show you how to approach critics to make them aware of your film like publicists do, and as a director of two film festivals, I won't just teach you hacks and secrets to reduce entry fees, but how you can actually use the film festival circuit to create buzz around your film. I'm a huge supporter of diverse storytelling in film, and I believe the most unique voices come from indie filmmakers. That's who I've supported over the years with my show Picture Lock, whether on TV or on radio. With as much experience as I've had as an independent filmmaker myself, critic, publicist, and festival director, I realized that most indie filmmakers just need access to the knowledge that big firms provide to achieve success. 
So in this course, I'm going to demystify some of the process and give you everything I know in a behind the scenes look at the sides of the business you don't always see. So click the link below and get a free preview of the course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Market your film like a pro and become an army of one. Thanks so much for listening to Picture Lock Podcast, guys. I'm always trying to find great deals on cool things that I can offer you, as you know. And with Picture Lock, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Well, what is Loot Crate, you ask? Loot Crate is a monthly mystery crate for geeks, gamers, and fans of pop culture, delivering cool and often exclusive items like collectibles, t-shirts, home goods, and more directly to your door every month. What makes Loot Crate so awesome to me is instead of getting my new graphic tees from the store each month, for the same price or less, I can get cool apparel from my favorite TV shows, movies, games, and more. And if you got a little more to shell out, you can get even bigger and better items. No matter what you pay per month, the value of the crate is usually more, so it's a win-win. You're going to search through the rack or shelves anyway. Let Loot Crate do it for you and throw a little curveball in there for you. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com slash picture lock. Again, that's trylootcrate.com slash picture lock to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Hey, this is Yasa Jackman, director and cinematographer of Solomon Dasco, and you are listening to Picture Lock. Picture Lock's question of the week last week was, if one, two, Freddy's coming for you, who would you want to stay up with you or go to war with Freddy Krueger with you? On Twitter, at TrueHype said, that's a tough one. I have a bunch of people that we have an understanding. We got each other until horror movie stuff happens. At Movie Geek Cast said, well, Jason's 1-0 against him thus far. <laughs> I'd pick him. Shout out to Justin and Chrissy at the So I Married a Movie Geek podcast with that brilliant answer. That was genius. <laughs> On the gram, I personally said I'd take epic film guy Justin because he's seen all the films and would know what to do. To which he said he'd be my dream warrior. <laughs> so thanks, Justin. I really appreciate that. This week's question, with so many reboots and sequels no one asked for, <laughs> what's one film you'd love to see rebooted or see a sequel for? So I, I hope you get what I'm saying. Uh, like, what's a film that you actually would like to see rebooted or see a sequel for? Let me know on social media or email me at picturelockshow at gmail.com and I'll read your answer next episode. Hi, my name is Sonia O'Hara, and I am the creator and star of Doomsday, and you are listening to Picture Lock. I'm Kevin Sampson. You're listening to Picture Lock, and in 1990s Belarus, a wanderlust young DJ is derailed by a typo in a forged U.S. visa application, forcing her to a backwater factory town where she is determined to fake her way to the American dream in the film Crystal Swan. I have co-writer director of the film Daria Zook on the line. Daria, welcome to Picture Lock. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. It's my pleasure. 
Daria, the first question that I always start out with, when did you first fall in love with film? It's uh, a great question. <laughs> you know, I was sitting in the courtyard um, in, in the U.S. college where I went to for my undergrad. And one of my girlfriends was passing by and I was like, oh, it was the beginning of the semester and she was heading out to a film class, uh, which was very selective, very hard to get into. But it sounded so appealing. I was like, wow, you know, I also want to do film. Like, how is it that it never occurred to me <laughs> that I want to check it out? And, you know, going through this sort of film 101 workshop that I took um, suddenly, maybe just because I also wasn't studying film, I was an economics major um, in college, it just it suddenly opened up this freedom and this excitement and it was so easy and, and I just, I don't know, I felt like I was really good at it. <laughs> you know? And I was like, it just it felt so obvious. So for me, it was through the process. It wasn't through looking at films and being on the outside and admiring the industry. Um, it was actually about doing and, you know, shooting with 16 millimeter and experimenting and, just and then I, of course I started seeing films with a with a different different point of view and then you know after falling in love with film it took me many many years of like sort of dancing around this idea that I just want to be a director to go back into it and I I went back and got my graduate degree um, in directing and that's how it led me to this film Crystal Swan. Yeah, most definitely. And you know you have uh, more than you know <laughs> than a few films. Um, on, on your site and everything. So maybe if we could, let's go ahead and dive into Crystal Swan. In your own words for the audience, what is the film about? Mm -hmm. The film is about this uh, very spunky but naive uh, party girl um, who has big dreams. She wants to come to America. Uh, she wants a better life. I mean, for her, it's all about freedom and house music, and it's all kind of mingled into this one one exciting thing that that she's trying to she's pursuing. Um, unfortunately, it's not so easy. You know, when you are in, a, in especially in the post-Soviet world, of course, many countries, including America, kind of regulated who they would like to give the visa to and who is maybe an un unwanted visitor and because she doesn't have a job she's one of these unwanted visitors <laughs> she can't quite prove that she have has enough connection to her home country because she doesn't have a job mm. so she lies um she kind of comes up with this fictional profession because being a dj in the nightclub is just like not a serious occupation by any means <laughs> so she goes and buys paperwork on the black market that kind of says that she works at this crystal factory and this whole situation this bureaucratic paperwork situation backfires because u.s embassy wants to check up on her paperwork so she has to track down the address has to track down the phone number and has to sit by the phone and wait on that <laughs> you know so the her dream becomes you know catching this phone call this one phone call that can decide her fate um uh, and it's not so easy because, you know, the the phone is situated in an apartment um, of a family that uh, is about to marry off their oldest son and is preparing for the wedding and kind of dealing with this crazy character from the city, you know, is the last thing that they're interested in engaging in. So she has to find a way to convince them to hang out in their apartment for several days. <laughs> 
It's Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson. I am talking with the co-writer director of Crystal Swan, Daria Zook. Daria, um, you know, one, two questions. Uh, one, you know, why, why did you want to tell this story? And then two, I, I just think the color palette in this film is absolutely stunning. If you could talk a little bit about that as well. Super. Um, this is a love letter to the generation, to my generation in Belarus. We grew up in the, we sort of came of age in the 90s um, against the backdrop of this very young country that just got its independence in 1991. So I felt that, you know, I wanted this, is, and this is also a film I wanted to see when I was 22, when I was the age of the main character. <laughs> it's just like, I just feel like people there don't see themselves in the mirror. There are very few films made about young Belarusians and the 90s also was such a disastrous time economically for us that it just hasn't been covered like there are just stories that haven't been unearthed so for me this was a, definitely a part of the drive I was like oh I know I know who the people are that I'm I'm making this film for my friends you know my friends who are still I don't know still partying or traveling the world or you know they wanted to find another way or they wanted to explore another way of being in the world um after the soviet union collapsed yeah and that oh my god the color palette it was <laughs> i don't know how it emerged but uh, uh we worked very hard with my collaborator my dp carolina costa who came on from mexico city she's brazilian she lives in mexico city and she's never been to belarus um and so some but somehow we clicked um and when she came we kind of developed we were developing this new language um and the 90s uh in the post-soviet world are like often portrayed this as this gray and kind of a, a very uh unappealing time and but for me growing up in belarus it was just it was just the time so full of opportunity and it was so hopeful that i wanted the colors to reflect the hope like you know because through the eyes of the main character like she covers she colors the world in the in these bright colors because she is so so excited about the world and full yeah, and I think that really comes through. You can tell because, you know, the reds, the reds are like deep red, deep, dark green. Uh, the blues are just really stand out. And um, I love that. I, in other words, it's like, okay, I know that I'm in the hands of someone who is actually thought of, is thinking about this film on more than just a, you know, call action and cut level. Um, but <laughs> for the colors to be like another character within the film. So that, that's really awesome. Um, now, if you could, uh, the film is going to be premiering this weekend. Um, let folks know a little bit about that. Um, it's a super exciting uh, event for us. We're premiering at Carlo Vivari. Um, uh, it's one of the A-list festivals in Europe. Um, we're opening one of the competition sections um, on June 30th, Saturday. Um, I think it's going to be very f super fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, you know, as any filmmaker, I'm excited and also terrified <laughs> to see it on the big screen when, in, with 300 people in the audience. Um, 
but I am looking forward to it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, of course it could go uh, both ways where, like, you know, your probably biggest fear is, like, what if they don't laugh at the joke? But I don't, I doubt that's going to happen. I think they're going to love it. Um, you know, for the podcast listeners, um, if you're there, you definitely want to check this out. Um, if you could, Daria, how can people follow the film on social media, online, etc.? Um, my Instagram handle is Crystal Swan Film, um, and I would love to have potential audiences follow follow us. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's Picture Lock. I'm Kevin Sampson. I've been talking with the co-writer director of Crystal Swan, Daria Zook. Daria, thanks so much for coming on Picture Lock. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much. Hello, I'm Hugh Martin, and I'm the director and the writer of Dragon Race, and you are listening to Picture Lock. You're listening to Picture Lock. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, and while seeking refuge in Brooklyn due to an injury that ended her career, cat sitting is a former Israeli dancer's ticket to a good night of sleep in the new film, Mia. I have the writer, director, producer, star of the film, Galia Barkle on the line. Galia, welcome to Picture Lock. Thank you. Hi, good to be here. <laughs> first question I always start out with, Galia, is when did you first fall in love with film? Uh, yeah, that, that happened, I think, kind of late. Um, I, I was into music most of my life. I played classical piano, and film didn't really interest me. But when I was in the Army in Israel, we actually, everybody goes to the Army. So I remember I was kind of lost, and I went into a bookstore, and I found this book called uh, philosophy and film or film and philosophy uh, written by this professor from the Tel Aviv University in Israel and that struck me all of a sudden I saw film as a whole different kind of art because he talked about how film can be a vehicle to translate ideas or worldviews or philosophies into um, like an actual sensory like emotional experience so the filmmaker is almost like an architect of emotions, and that's like a very effective way to communicate something that is more powerful than mere intellect. I, I usually I would kind of go into like your backstory, which I do want to know how did you get into the industry. But to kind of pinpoint what you just talked about, Mia, obviously you wrote, directed it, produced, starred in it. And it seems as though it's kind of like a, a really personal film to you. So I'm kind of wondering how what you said was that film could be used uh, to give messages across communities and things like that. Is that kind of the point of Mia? Is that what you're looking to do? Uh, yeah, I think Mia is um, like a letter to myself. Um, from, I think that it's been maybe more than a decade that I've been searching for, um, looking to understand, to, 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 to figure out something that I just couldn't figure out. Um, when I was in Israel and I was in the army, I remember it very vividly. I was so lost. I didn't know who I was, but I, wa I knew that I wanted to be someone. Like I had this vision of a better me that exists somewhere where I just need to uncover it. And so in order to do that, I left Israel very uh, um, right after the army, I went to Paris to study filmmaking. And what surprised me is that the more I 
I removed myself from my kind of natural environment and my the conditioning of my bringing, the less I could find. It's not that I could find a new and improved self. I just kind of was more able to let go of old stories and to detach myself from what used to maybe limit me. So the film is largely about that. It's about the fragility of our identity and how easily what we think defines us and the story we tell ourselves about who we are can be taken away from us. And then the question is who we are without that narrative and how life can be when we're not trapped in in that story. And what's interesting to me is that a lot can happen internally when not so much happens externally. And that was the vision and also the challenge in creating this piece. I'm I'm just I'm just marinating on what you just said. A lot can happen internally when not so much happens externally. It's picture lock. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, really kind of having my mind opened a little here from the oh. writer, producer, director, and star of the film, Mia Galia Barkel. Yeah, Galia. I mean, this is just uh, this is really interesting—a really interesting conversation. Because you know, usually I have my typical structure in terms of how I do these interviews, but like I, I feel as though like you're just this whole concept of film imitating life and you know being inspired to create a film like this is really kind of changing the game for me. So if you oh, could, <laughs> yeah, if you could, <laughs> um, you know, you did so much uh, as as i've been saying writing directing producing starring in the film um you know what were some of the challenges uh of the of creating the film and then also like what's one of the things that you you know you're just most proud of um well everything was a challenge it's really true what they say like truly independent filmmaking is something that you it's it's really it's really really uh, complex, mm-hmm. and that's why it's also very rewarding. <laughs> um, it's surprisingly, um, I, I think I think writing the script was maybe the most challenging piece because it had because I had to write a lot of drafts to be able to stay with a much more minimalistic script, which kind of contained what I threw away under the surface of what happens so so that was what I struggled with the most and I spent a lot of time um, bringing it to the place that I wanted it and in terms of uh, what I'm proud of I I really enjoyed the editing process and I, I worked with editor Neve Kleiner who is also Israeli and and it was just such a fascinating experience because it really blew my mind how much you can do and how creative you can be. And that's, I think, as a director, I think that's really where you you direct your film. That's that's the real work. Um, So, yeah. Most definitely because, you know, films are made in three parts. It's the film that you write, the film you shoot, and the film that you edit. So, Honestly, in the editing bay is where you're really constructing the film that the audience is going to see. So you're right. You definitely um, are able to be creative, tell things in a way that maybe you didn't set out to, you know, in the writing process. But um, that's... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that the writer and the director and the 
the producer are the same person because otherwise we would be in trouble. Um, you need to be very open-minded and like, yeah, maybe I'll open the film with this scene that didn't even, wasn't initially written as an opening scene, you know? Right. You know, so I'm kind of interested. Um, why is it that Mia is able to get a good night's sleep <laughs> for after cat sitting? Like, what's up with that? <laughs> Um, well, she's kind of, she spends her time in New York when she's, she's, um, she's out of place here. She, she was injured as a dancer in Israel and she just came to Brooklyn to kind of get away from everything. So she stays at this, um, dorm type of place and she has roommates and they're very loud and she herself has all her, like she's haunted by her past and she's very restless. But when uh, she works for this guy as a cat sitter and he's not, He's not um, in New York most of the week, so she sneaks in and sleeps in his bed, and that is comforting because um, she and the cat, they uh, they uh, have this little friendship between them, and the, the apartment is very is empty and quiet, and I think that for the first time since her crisis began, she really finds a place of calm. So that's, so that's why cat sitting is... Uh, is the key to good good sleep. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> it's Picture Lock. It's Kevin Sampson. I'm talking with the director and star of the film, Mia Galia Barkol. Uh, Galia, as we uh, wrap things out here, um, you're currently uh, releasing on the festival circuit. How can people follow you guys on social media, follow the film? Yeah, so I'd love to update on the upcoming screenings. Uh, we just had a screening at the Seoul International Film Festival and looking forward to uh, next opportunity to share it. So um, following us on Instagram and Facebook is best. Um, uh, Facebook is Mia Feature Film. And Instagram Instagram is just the handle of my name, Galia Barkal. Awesome. Writer, director, producer, star of Mia Galia Barkol. Thanks so much for coming on Picture Lock. Thank you. It was a pleasure. That's all for this episode. I'd like to thank my guests, Jamie Borton Orr, Daria Zoot, and Galia Barkol for coming on the show. Be sure to catch up on back episodes of the podcast and subscribe in iTunes. Tune in, Stitcher, Blueberry, wherever you catch your podcast. If you're a fan of Alexa skills, just say, Alexa, play Picture Lock and tune in and I'll come right up. Feel free to leave a five-star review of the show as well on whichever platform you're listening to. You can find Picture Lock on most social media. All social media is at Picture Lock Show. Be sure to follow me on the Stardust app for my quick movie TV and trailer reviews. Just look up at Picture Lock Show and you will find me. Tag me if you're on there as well. Watch back episodes of the TV show at youtube.com slash picture lock show and subscribe. I've been putting up some trailer reactions, movie reviews, all that good stuff. So now that I have this online course up and running, I am able to get back into the game and it feels good. Make sure you visit prfortheindiefilmmaker.com to check out my online course. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can fill out the form on the website. This week's question of the week is, what's one film you'd love to see rebooted or a sequel for? Send me an email and let me know at picturelockshow at gmail.com or on any of Picturelock's social media pages, and I'll talk about it on the air next week. All music is done by Mike S. The Prophet 13. Thanks, bro. 
I'm Kevin Sampson, and until next time, I hope you stay locked on film. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening to and supporting Picture Lock. I absolutely love film, as you know, and have given my life to studying the medium. As a filmmaker, I understand what it takes to make a film from its inception to the big screen. As a critic, I've been able to see the business of film from the marketing side of things. And as a film festival director, I've been able to see the distribution side, but more importantly, the enormous amount of talented filmmakers out there creating and crafting stories from their heart. And that's why I've started Picture Lock PR. If you're a filmmaker or producer looking to engage audiences and create relevance around your latest or upcoming project, head over to PictureLockPR.com. We can help you with your film's publicity from pre to post-production. Get more information and see the clients we've helped in the past at PictureLockPR.com. PictureLock PR, finally, a partner as passionate as you.